0: number and you know i don't know how much you know about nfts but you know it's going to be a standard i know standard about, about this culture. uh
1: recent as today uh, not from you though i was uh, informed that you were into those so that's what made me bring it up
0: oh cool okay yeah. well we can talk about it
1: <laughs> so yeah yeah, yeah. Let, me, let me i'll give you a proper introduction though so uh, all, right. all right welcome back to another episode ladies and gentlemen and if you know who's joining me today we got jamie murray how you doing Good, Mike. How are you? Awesome. I'm good. It's uh, it's good to see you, man. And uh, you know, it's good to see that you're going to be coming back on our screens now. How does it feel? You've been taking it all in, or does it not even feel real? I guess is the real question.
0: Uh, yeah, I have a pretty good uh, like ability to compartmentalize my life, and uh, when it's not like right out in front of you, I'm kind of focused on my on my day to day. But um, but yeah, it'll be airing April twentieth. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we had a great time and um it was great to see everybody so overall i'm i'm excited to watch the show with a little bit of trepidation <laughs> <laughs> a healthy amount of trepidation yeah it's almost me. it's actually like uh you know being like a like being a born again in- freshman yeah well yeah some you had melissa on i'm not gonna speak for her but like from for, for old, some of us being on reality tv was was stressful in the aftermath you know And part of that relates to like production, not necessarily being as upfront and honest as they could be. And so it's a trust thing, you know, like you're going back in bed with someone who, you know, has kind of screwed you over in the past. So but ultimately, I'm hoping that there's, you know, some just basic respect offered to all of us, you know, who did the show. Mm -hmm.
1: Well, I guess that's a good segue then, since you you know you mentioned that obviously the show has had like some type of effects on certain people that have come off the show. We've seen you kind of be like somebody that's not necessarily involved in much drama, so to speak. That might not carry as much like um, post show trauma. But did you experience like any type of you know mental stuff coming off the show? Um. Yeah, nothing like
0: insane or anything like that. But like I. Yeah. And I'm not using that term as like a throwaway term. Like people have gone on some levels insane. Uh, but I, you know, I just moved on. I just consciously just tried to move on from it. And I had at the time a business and I and I just kind of threw myself into that. And um, I don't even know if I really. It's funny because when this next show came up, I watched the show, the original show. And I swear to God, I like I was sitting there watching it. Like a few months back, and I'm like, I had never, I've never watched some of these episodes. So, like, I, I guess I, had, I watched maybe a few episodes. What happened was right when the show wrapped, we sh- we saw the first episode of the Real World New Orleans, and they made me out to be a potentially racist or homophobic character, uh, as I relate to Danny and, and David, who who has who's changed his name now, but um. I was really pissed about it and I I basically didn't go to the rap party and the producer kind of came up to me and was like, you know, don't worry, Jamie, you come around. It's all good. You're going to come around on the show. And I was like so pissed because I'm like, but like you're making me come around to something that's like I was a racist and potentially homophobic. Like that's, that's, that's kind of hard. Even if you do come around, there's still... <laughs> like, there shouldn't have been that. coming
1: around to in the first place.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, So it's like... That was kind of how I exited the show, and and I guess I honestly I never really watched the show, you know. Um. So, so did it traumatize me? No, I was you know leave with a perfectly good feeling about the whole thing. Yeah. So.
1: Would you say it was an organic thing for you back in the day when you initially stepped away from uh, the spotlight? Like, were you trying to, or did it organically just happen for you?
0: Yeah, I don't claim to have any type of talent. So it wasn't like people were beating down my door to hire me for anything. Um, But I also wasn't really seeking it out. Like I never got an agent. Um, You know, Weirdly, I did do two, I did three challenges. So that was kind of my dipping back into it a little bit, you know, and no bar appearances, though? well, yeah, I mean, a couple of bar <laughs> appearances, a couple of college speaking engagements, but like, what the fuck do I want to, you know, what, what do I know at the age of 22 to tell anybody, you know, what did they have you speaking about at those engagements? Do you remember, well, it ultimately ended in a Q&A session where we basically just talked about, you know who hooked up with who and what the heck was New Orleans like kind of thing. Uh, but but yeah, what did I speak on? I didn't really have a, like a topic. I kind of leaned on Melissa or whoever else I was speaking with, you know, because they, they tended to book like three or four people at the same event.
1: Right, because it feels like with some people that they put on those engagements, I feel like they're tailor-made to pertain to a certain demographic of uh, cast members. Whereas like in your case, I mean you're kinda like the more like relatable in the aspect of like just being like a normal guy, I feel like. You know what I mean? Like everybody had like these stories that we saw, but from what I hear, I think you have like more to a story that just wasn't really necessarily a showcase as much as some of your roommates. Do you feel like your story took a back seat in a way?
0: Well, it wasn't like I was wanting it to be in the front seat, but I don't think, yeah, I, I <laughs> my story was very uneventful and in a way I was, I was very blessed in my childhood. Um, So it's not necessarily story worthy, you know, not to say all of us, we have, all of us have a great story. We are all worthy of our story, you know, Uh, no matter what your upbringing is. Uh, But, you know, like at the time, Melissa, no, not Melissa, Julie was kind of the main story or one of the main stories of the first season. And it was, she was, this pretty hardcore mormon family and that's if you're not aware of like that kind of type of you know belief system or lifestyle or whatever that's inherently interesting you know so yeah i'll tell you guys all my my suburban upbringing but it just was not tv worthy
1: i mean you did come from a buddhist monastery though Uh, didn't
0: you um, um, at the time the show's shot I was in I've just graduated college, so I had never spent any time in buddhist monastery. I was into buddhism. I've read a bunch of shit oh, okay. um, But after the show is like my 20s was when I was kind of vibing all that type of stuff. Was there a particular event that uh, prompted you to do that? Um Well, it was post real world I was living in san francisco and I kind of did have like a, a little bit of a crazy spiritual awakening and I could get into it on the podcast, but, um, it was, it was very interesting very amazing and profound. And from that, I kind of started really vibing Buddhist texts and things like that.
1: What, what was this particular event? Cause now you got me interested.
0: Uh, it was basically, so in Buddhism, like in, like if you, no professional sports there's like the icons of the professional sports world you know mm-hmm. steph curry michael jordan in basketball let's say whatever so in buddhism um like currently residing on the planet there are like some known teachers of buddhism that are come from like hardcore lineages of whatever they're teaching and this one guy kind of entered into my orbit his name was namkai norbu Namkai Norbu is his name, and he um, he was basically a Tibetan Buddhist master of this thing called Zogchen. And I went to see one of his teachings in Oakland, California, and um, whatever, something gnarly went down in it, and it kind of woke me up to the fact that there's some realities around all these meditation, yoga, you know, Buddhist type of thing, and. Funny enough, actually, the next day after this event, I bungee jumped off the Golden Gage, which was very rare. That, that, that was being planned, and I just happened to have go to this Buddhist thing on a lark, and then, anyway, the next morning, I was planned. I had already planned. This was like a kind of military app to do this, and, and I did it, and when I did it, I was so, like, not fearful of anything uh, because, like, I just said felt and seen and experienced something very like transcendent and so um, anyway it was just like a funny little series of events or whatever that, that happened <laughs> around this buddhist thing um, but yeah yeah i've been vibing that you know i um i have this like case with all these buddhist texts in it there's like one little suitcase like a freaking you know like the suitcase in uh old fiction or something like that and um it has like seven books in it and i'm like if i ever die unexpectedly like hand these off to my kids and and that's kind of you know some that explains the levels of importance that that type of shit has in my perception but
1: so you yeah you probably feel a lot more zen these days i would have
0: to assume well, yeah, I'm feeling way more zen in my 40s. I was not zen in my 20s or 30s. Uh, <laughs> but lately, lately, I'm trying my best to get to be more zen. Yeah, because yeah. it gets yeah, this life is a stressful life, and I don't want to like blow up too much on your podcast in the sense of like information, but um, I mean the between the new New Orleans show and this show, like a lot has gone down in the, in the sphere of reality. You know, we've had nine eleven cataclysm. I don't know how old you were for that. I was, lot. Yeah. yeah. And then endless wars in Iraq and Afghanistan that killed thousands of Americans are my age, you know, younger, whatever. And, um, anyway, it's, 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 it's been a shady fucking time for a long time. And, you know, it's still going too, so and it's still going, <laughs> which yeah <laughs> anyway, we don't have to get into that,
1: yeah, no that's a topic for another time, <laughs> yes Mike so so you're uh doing the dad thing the full- time dad thing these days is that what you do these days what what uh, what is like your life been like uh you know post reality leading up to this point of course
0: sure um well like post reality from the first show you know i lived a single life until i was 37 years old got married and now three oh, wow. years ago yeah so i got married seven years ago and then three years ago we had twins uh and so i have a boy and a girl who are three years old now um so what my day-to-day is like is that i pretty much am you know i'm working i'm a business i'm a, I'm an independent sales rep uh but then i also am a dad so i, I wake up early you know, hang out and love on these kids and taking places. And, and it's, it's, it's been awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, so that's, that's my, my day to day is being a dad and, and, and trying to make some cash in this day and age, you know, uh, <laughs> within that context. But
1: so, yeah, so I do know you're based in Chicago. So that prompts this question, what's better pizza by me or by you? Oh, uh,
0: well, because I'm from Chicago and I have to claim my, my stuff, you know, that being said, uh, I love a big New York, you know, thin slice pizza. That's the best.
1: I hear the Chicago, Chicago. slices are almost like uh,
0: quiche. I don't know if you're familiar with that or not. The, yeah, way they, the way they're structured. Yeah, they got the cheese on the bottom and the tomato sauce on the top. Yeah. A it's weird. a
1: lot more complex than a New York slice. New York's oh, yeah, pretty... New York, uh,
0: you want to sit down with this pizza with a knife and fork, you know, yeah, and just and dine on it, you know. But then the New York slice is amazing, too, you know. But you kind of have to really nail that crust, that, like, chewy, crispy crust in the New York. Yeah, right? It's, it's really crunchy these days, actually. Is yeah. it? Interesting. Yeah. I kind of like it where you have to, like, it has some structure, but it's not like totally hard... Either, you know. You know what I love is I went to Italy for my honeymoon and the, the Napoli style like brick oven pizzas, those are so good. Which is kind of like a New York pizza. That's basically
1: we actually got a couple places called Napoli's over here, so could be modeled after those. I don't know if that's a chain or yeah. not though.
0: Yeah. Damn, that's some good pizza right there. No You gotta come it to not. Chicago like if you're ever in Chicago, text me, cold, look cold me, cold up. One on me. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. And a pizza on me. Pizza, Lumel Malnati's. That's, that's the pizza, Lumel nice. Straight off. <laughs> yeah, nice. Well, what was the decision process
1: like, you know, once you get this call for homecoming? Like, how were you first approached? And, um, you know, maybe how early into this process did you decide, you know, I'm going to go do this or I'm not going to go do this?
0: Yeah, um, it shot in November of this past year. Mm -hmm. We were essentially approached in, like, middle of the summer, kind of looking at availability. It was actually supposed to shoot in September, but the Hurricane Ida rolled through. Um, So my feeling was, like, I'm definitely doing it if other people are doing it. Like, I'm not going to be the the weak link in the chain, you know? Um, So, and then the only consideration after that is, like, you know am i able to hem myself in enough on these shows to where i don't get myself into trouble with like you know some of my politics some of my thoughts all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff So
1: was there a thing that existed like I don't know in terms of contact with you guys over the years It seemed like you guys had been kind of doing your own thing and distant But was there like a contact thing where you know you all get the call and then a group chat pops up? And you're like, hey, are you going you going was it any of that or was it just kind of like you're going
0: a little blind? It totally was it totally was we like hooked up on on, uh, Facebook, you know tried to try to uh, message at least this is me I I was messaging Melissa uh, Matt um. Juliet, Danny. I didn't actually talk to Kelly. No, I did message Kelly. Anyway, regardless, we were kind of side channeling, everyone's going back and forth. And then I I think we never got on like a big group chat though. You know. But there were combos. Okay. There were combos. There were combos. And I actually run into David, aka the new name, Tokyo. I'm not blowing this up. Yeah, Tokyo um a couple times in chicago so like he, I have, nice. he lives in chicago yeah he lives like we live actually a couple blocks away from each other that's <laughs>
1: did you know this like all like all this time uh, or did you kind of just know this from reconnecting with the show
0: no 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 i've, I've known it for years i've known it for years yeah wow. um yeah and then so it was really easy to reconnect with him um but then the show was like, hey, don't, like, meet up with anybody. And we kind of respected that. Like, I was going to go have a coffee with them and be like, okay, so what's going on with this shit, you know? I figured um,
1: guys might go on the same flight even, too, because.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> did, I don't think we did. We might have, but, no, I don't think we did. Um, but, yeah, so there was a little a couple back channels. And I, I do know that, you know, everyone had their own kind of process and wanting to ultimately say yes to it, you know?
1: What was maybe your agenda in terms of wanting to go and do this process? You were looking for an experience or did you have any agenda in terms of, uh, with your roommates
0: connecting purposes, anything like that? Yeah, that's a good question, Mike. I, um, I, I was going down there to actually connect with the roommates. Like I didn't do a great job at that first time around. So my goal was to, you know, use this as an opportunity to like really get to know people, um, Because whatever I was, I was in my early twenties. I was a crazy party person, you know, and I wasn't like in that mode at that time, you know. So, so yeah, I wanted to meet. I wanted to hang out with everybody.
1: Did you feel like they maybe knew you the first time around?
0: Uh, yeah, I don't think so. I mean, maybe. So I can't say if anyone knew me or didn't know me or what they were picking up or not, but. Yeah. You know, I think, I think that first time around it was such a whirlwind and everybody's like, you don't really even know. And for me, at least it was like post-college. I had all my buddies, we rocked out, we, they came down, you know, and it was, it wasn't really about like, hey, let's hang out and play cards tonight. You know, um, (laughs) not saying this show is about that either, but, um, but you know, it, I think as you get older, and maybe if you were grow- grew up mature, you'd be a little bit more mature at a young age. But like, it took a, it took me some time to pop the clutch and be like, okay, let's just kick it. And who the fuck are you? <laughs> like, I never really knew. You know, Matt and Danny were from like the rural South, kind of. You know, mm. I never knew that, and that's that's interesting. That's like a, an aspect of who they are.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of crazy how like uh, LA I think filmed in August and then like they immediately tried to piggyback onto you guys. You know what I mean in terms of like getting this thing up and rolling. You know, everybody has their okay. theories. You know, I talked with Melissa about it. Do you feel like um, they wanted you guys like to be the third season or did it just shake out that way? Everybody's got their.
0: Uh, I think it just theory. shook out that way. I think it just shook out that way. Yeah, I think we I think we're. If I'm being honest, I think we're probably like. Eighth choice, or like seventh choice, maybe, maybe, maybe eighth choice. You know, they 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 probably went through. You know, San Francisco, Boston, um, Hawaii, Hawaii, Seattle, yeah, I don't and Seattle, yeah. So maybe we we're like sixth choice, but we're that is insane. seven guns what? up, red and rock <laughs> from two New Orleans, coming back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, from from two. What'd you say? From two, it went from one, two, nine. Oh, one, two. To nine, yeah, exactly. So, so I don't know, man. I mean, we're forty. I'm forty four. Okay, so like, it's probably hard to get a seven forty four year olds or older, like, to like be ready to rock for three weeks, you know. Um. So.
1: Well, you have to take into account too the other two seasons. You're typically dealing with like. Early 50s to like late 50s, probably. So, a little more of a demographic where you might see just kind of sitting and having conversations. Whereas, like, I feel like you guys, you know, you'll have your conversation element, but you guys are still kind of kicking a little bit. You know what I mean? You guys are still like teetering that line of like an OG season, but like not super OG to the point where, like, you know, we could still see like, uh, drama that pertains to like a certain audience
0: yeah yeah you know we had fun i would have had more fun if covid wasn't around yeah they you know we were we were hemmed in because of covid protocols you had the quarantine for this right yeah yeah and yeah not to give away anything that happens but you know but like yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't running down Bourbon Street <laughs> this time around. Not that I would either, but I would have gone to Frenchman Street. I want to go check out. Have you ever been to New Orleans before? No, I really, like, really want to go. Yeah, it's a very, very unique American city, you know, like as far as... Well, the drug of the choice song. is alcohol there, so... Yeah, yeah, there's definitely a little bit of that going down, but there's a lot of like just... Crazy history, you know every city you you do you live in New York are you yeah. around New York yeah yeah I mean that city every city has its own kind of history and depth and culture you know and I guess what I'm saying about New Orleans is that it's 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 whatever it is it's New Orleans you know so we're in a lot of American cities you kind of get like a little bit of a one size fits all kind of vibe you know um, this is this is a special place, you know. Yeah. And it, I recommend to your listeners check it out. It's a great city.
1: Have you been back? Like aside from obviously your original and then you go to Just do the one other hunting. time. One other time?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Post Katrina for a friend's wedding. Um, but other than that, I've never been back. Okay. No Saints game no. <laughs> no Saints games, yeah. Uh, that being said, I would love to get back there way more often because it's it's like now that Airbnb is around, you can Airbnb like a spot and just be right there, you know. Yeah. And you get by Airbnb into a neighborhood like our house this time around was a beautiful home mm-hmm. uh, in a really awesome neighborhood, and and in theory, you anybody could do that. They could Airbnb a week and like this kind of vibe and. You know, you don't necessarily need to go to Mardi Gras or Jazz Fest or anything. You can just go down there and eat. The food's amazing.
1: Is it? I, I hear.
0: I hear it is. Yeah. It's like food, Yeah, it's top, 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 top of the food in in the country.
1: What's you like know? your food uh, choice if um you know you're going there? If you say if you have one designated trip to New Orleans a year and you're like, this is what I'm gonna eat. Like, what's the what's at the top of your menu list?
0: Uh, as far as a dish goes, uh. I don't know. I mean, I like I like I like all the New Orleans traditional jambalaya, gumbos, whole boys, all that kind of stuff. More of like a restaurant. There's a restaurant near Tulane called Giacomo's. And I don't know if it's still around, but back in the day, it made great new Orleans. It was like high quality New Orleans cuisine. And um, it's like fried green tomatoes, a bunch of stuff like that. That's really good. Mm. You know, what was the press
1: like coming off your original show? I heard it was pretty nuts, wasn't it?
0: Uh, I can't really recall. I honestly – I think I gave a bunch of interviews, but I don't really – yeah, did Melissa talk about that at all? I don't. Yeah, know. she did. What did we she s- say about the press? We said
1: that you guys were like the season that really kick the press era in terms of real world, uh, but Vegas is the one that ultimately takes the credit. But New Orleans is kind of what the catalyst was for uh, – press you guys had like uh from what i saw on the internet you guys had a bunch of like red carpet stuff going on
0: and uh yeah seemed pretty nutty yeah 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 it was it was it, we, were, i think we were on the cover of tv tv guide which at the time was a deal it was a big deal <laughs> did you, you so return funny. to
1: college after that uh after that season or were no you really i actually started?
0: graduated in december and we shot in january so i i was oh, totally so done with college
1: fresh off for college
0: yeah, wow. definitely. Um, but yeah, I feel like it's interesting though because no matter how much press we got in this era, the influence—so many influencers, has, influencers have millions of followers, right? Mm-hmm. So it's just we're living in a different age with technology that amplifies personalities way beyond. You know, not to like compare the two because it's it's ridiculous to compare it because yeah. the past, has, but. I see reality oh, TV kind
1: true. of uh, catching a bit of a stigma these days of, like, kind of outdated and, like, not authentic anymore, whereas, like, you kind of came up in an era where it was ultra-authentic, or at least it felt like that. Did you notice yeah. on your shows? Because you did a real-world season, and then you went on to do three challenges. Were people, like, authentic, or was there a lot of, uh, you know,
0: putting on for the cameras going on still? Uh, yeah, I mean, there was definitely you know you're conscious of the cameras people front for the cameras you know um but every so often yeah conversations would happen where people are opening up and they're be- they're totally being honest and 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 they would actually show that on tv you know um so but maybe like you were saying off off, uh, podcast or whatever about how like these shows are are produced and they there's a little like so much going on or whatever I mean, I think there's room for for quote unquote real reality TV where there's like actual good exchanges. Eric Nice was talking about like transformative reality TV shows. Like, there's probably a market for that, but it might not be on like you know NBC.
1: And then with streaming services, you got to remember
0: now it's a
1: whole different type of dynamic. You know, I mean, you guys are on Paramount Plus. The All Star Challenges are on Paramount Plus, and now they've got cbs is pretty much taking the challenge like the mtv challenge and there's a cbs challenge that's gonna be coming out on paramount wow. now so oh, i don't no, know man. man i i'm kind of nervous for the future i just feel like by like 2024 that like at some point it's just gonna ultimately become the challenge being like signed over to cbs and then there's gonna be no more uh flagship
0: yeah that's probably what's gonna happen you know but Does that mean that like Derek and like people get to go compete on CBS? Well, that's, that's
1: the thing though, too, because it's like all the CBS people are coming on to MTV's shows, but you don't see you know like Mark Long going and competing on Survivor or Big Brother on their network. It's like a one one way street thing going on right now, and that's like I've seen a lot to the uh, dismay of the fans.
0: yeah, yeah. well, we've I've always been the bastard. we've always been the bastard children of MTV, you know. That's yeah. the thing. You, I, I don't know if you asked me this off camera or uh, whatever, off podcast, but you asked like, you know, like, did you lean into celebrity or whatever after the original real world? And like, because we didn't have a second season, we were just thrown out into the world with our measly $5,000. And it was like, all right, go have a good life. You know, Where like a Jersey Shore had multiple seasons. And then they, you know, you know, Ultimately, you get paid if you do multiple seasons, and I don't know where I was going with that. Anyway, um. <laughs> well, that's a good segue since I talked
1: about it with one of your other cast members. who brought up Jersey Shore. Do you feel like Jersey Shore is kind of like an extension of uh, the foundation that like Vegas, Las Vegas, real world kind of laid? Because I feel like, although I do agree, those guys are definitely entertaining. Don't get me wrong, but like when Jersey Shore first came onto the scene, I feel like they took the um, the groundwork that like you guys in Vegas laid and essentially parlayed it into their own genre, but of like a Italian Jersey style thing. Yeah. Yeah. It
0: seemed like a similar kind of vibe and it was like a real world essentially. Yeah. But you know what, for those personalities, it works, you know? And I do think like Vegas real world, that was like the first real world where everything was just popping off, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, everyone was down to fucking get crazy or whatever, you know? I was portrayed as the crazy guy on my show, and I'm very tame compared to many of my friends. I I do hear that.
1: I I, I hear you're like, from all your peers, they, uh, you know, they say that, like, you're like a down-earth, funny guy.
0: Well, I mean, I'm just, like, an average party person. I like to party, but, you know, um, you know, I try not to have so much drama around. Um, and... But yeah, I think that like people, you know, after Vegas, it kind of pulled the, pulled the, (laughs) there's no more restrictor and then Jersey Shore comes and they can get as crazy as they want to be, you know, Mm -hmm. and get paid, you know.
1: Well, well, that might be oh, a good segue here, too, good. because um, you and I obviously spoke about this, too. You know, you do a pretty decent job of, like, keeping, like, social media under tabs and kind of flying under the radar. You know, we don't see you involved in, like, drama per se. Like, is that, like, a conscious effort on your part to kind of keep the social media aspect under tabs? Or is that just, you know, you're, you're just not maybe a fan of it?
0: Yeah, like, I think that I... I was never really a big poster and if you don't really start to post and then all of a sudden you're posting, you're like, Whoa, Hey, how's, how's it going? You know, and now we're living in a real, real deal posting world where everyone sees it, you know? So I think I like kind of where I'm at with it. Um, Melissa has a good Twitter game. She's has a really good Twitter she's a, game.
1: Oh my God. She is a Twitter warrior.
0: Yeah. And she knows how to manage her Twitter game and, and it's a perfect art form for her cause she's a writer, you know? Um, so, I don't know. Like, I have a Twitter, and, and may, I have chimed in on some random crypto stuff in the past. But, like, yeah, I, I don't. I don't necessarily need to be voicing my opinion on anything, you know. No live tweeting when the show comes <laughs> out. I take it. Yeah, probably no live tweeting. No, yeah. I'll come back on your podcast though, Mike. Hey, I'll I'll come back.
1: you know the invite's always open, Jamie. <laughs> we can do, we can do a deep <laughs> Yeah. What, what maybe prompted a guy like you to uh, audition for the real world? Like we see obviously some of your other personalities on that show, like a Julie per se, right? And you just quickly are able to identify, like, I just see why she got picked. You know what I mean? Right. Like you seem like obviously from talking to me, like you're just normal. Like, you know, you like to party. Like what maybe like prompted you to want to audition?
0: Uh, well, the story I've been telling people is that, you know, I was at Cornell and they did a casting at Cornell. Mm-hmm. Um, and it actually might have whatever. It was a casting in Ithaca, so it might have been for Ithaca College and Cornell. There's two colleges there, and a bunch of people showed up. And one of my friends uh, said this was happening, and and I like didn't have anything to do that afternoon, so I, we bought a case of beer. We drank a case, like twelve beers, whatever, uh, in in line, and then they bring you into this room where you you dialogue with like eight people around a big dining room table. it's eight other students you know and they're throwing out questions and then after that moment if they like kind of your vibe they hand you this application and it's like a fucking 30-page application and and whatever like it's it's kind of one of those fun applications where it's like you know do you like the day or night you know or like asking you kind of fun reflective questions that's you know it's not like can you balance this checkbook or whatever because i'm a hardcore um Out and and then that started like a, a, a four round process, and I just kept on getting called back. It was fucking weird, you know.
1: But do you remember and, any like uh, questions that they asked you in the process that maybe like stood out?
0: Well, I honestly can't remember any question. I can't remember remember anything. Um, I mean, it was something like like who's influenced you or something like that. You know, yeah, like who's been a major influence in your life um and i can't remember what i answered you know <laughs> but, I, I mean that was a while ago i think dude you know what i think it was is that they are casting for specific type casts you know yeah at least back then they were okay and like you said julie was a very clear you know oh it's a small town mormon girl Going out in the big wide world, you know that's that was that. Yeah. So for me, I was the white frat guy, party dude, who's gonna come rock the fucking New Orleans vibe, you know. And I didn't necessarily do that, you know. I was pretty tame, but uh, but but that's that that's and then ultimately they kind of painted me to be potentially racist to my, you know, black roommate kind of thing, which again, no big deal. But so like. I think like I just I just must have fit like a certain type of basic bill, mm-hmm. you know.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I've seen like in some think, cases there's a pattern where it's like uh, the people that get cast for these shows don't necessarily or the, the ones that don't necessarily take the process itself seriously. Is that right? Am I like, am I, like spot on in that re- regard?
0: I think maybe, yeah, maybe it's kind of like a person who's going at it like a yeah, cool if it happens, no biggie if it doesn't. You know, but that's kind of for everything in life. You know, if, if if you're going for a job interview, try to be a cool cucumber. You know, you don't need these fuckers, even though you might need them. <laughs> uh, and because sadly, people don't want to like partner up with desperation, you know, people who are, you know, needing something, you know. And I actually, if I can comment about the wider world right now, I'm loving this Amazon unions. I'm loving the Starbucks unions. I'm loving the fact that the workers are finally saying, hey, you know what? I want more out of my day to day from this company. And you could tell me to go fuck off, but I'm not going to. I'm going to unionize. So I think this is a good thing that's happening in society right now. And Yeah. Anyway, I'm I'm watching the news. I watch the news every day. I'm paying attention, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, if you're going to trial for a show, I mean, for me, I I literally, like, didn't... Melissa had watched the show. I heard mm-hmm. on your podcast that she watched the real world. I never watched the real world. So I was kind of just going through a process and, you know, um, whatever. I didn't really know what I was getting into. But,
1: but, yeah. 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 Would, would you say that the challenges are maybe something you maybe took more of a liking to? Yes. Really? Definitely,
0: definitely, definitely. Did you,
1: did you intend on stopping those when it when it did ultimately stop? Or you feel
0: like it was more of a more of on there? It was funny because at the time I judged older people on the challenges. So I was like joking with Cyrus and Mark Long and shit like you motherfuckers are ancient. You know, the dirty that's 30s. A, that's normal now. You got C.T.
1: C- C- just won the last two seasons of
0: the flagship, and he's 41. Exactly. And he's probably, you could, could, he could win the next five if you wanted yeah. to, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, so, and you could ask any of these old school dudes that there are definitely challenge eras. I was part of the first era, which was like the first five or the first four or whatever, all the way up to like Gauntlet two. And then there was this middle era that happened for a bunch of years, And then it blew up into these shows like the International Challenge that they're pulling people from Survivor fucking Turkey and shit, you know? So that's the third gen. And now we just were talking about CBS maybe taking the show into the fifth gen, right? Yeah. But but so I was in this first gen where, like, I felt I was old on Gauntlet 2. And I was, like, 28 or something, you know? I don't even know how. I might have been 26. But, um. So yeah, I would have. I don't know. Yeah, after that last challenge, I, um, maybe they just didn't want me back. I don't know. You know, well, I mean, I don't know if you've
1: talked about this at all or not, but um, they they actually put you on the rookies team on that show, and you had already done like two different shows and right. one, both of them nonetheless.
0: So right, I mean, right. Yeah, I um, forgot about that. that. <laughs> <do with> that <laughs> Luckily, with the, will, the rookies won. The rookies won. The Golden. Yeah.
1: What the yeah. hell happened there, man? Like, what do you feel like? Like, what the hell went into that thought process? Like, here you are. Like, obviously, you come from a real world season that's very identif and identifiable, and you're on two previous shows. You win both of them, and then they're both <laughs> not, <laughs> not only that, but they tipped the scales so much in in uh, in, in a the veterans' favor. Yeah.
0: Just think about
1: it. Imagine, imagine being the veterans. Be imagine being like Mark Long right now, or, or like Brad on the veterans team, and see like someone like you who's won twice just get put on uh, the rookies team, even though you've already done and won two challenges. Like
0: right, right.
1: I'd be pretty pissed off. And I'm like, it's like plucking like uh, it's like uh, say if like the Jets are versing like the Buccaneers or something, and then you put Tom Brady on like uh, on like the Jets right
0: like uh, (laughs) I'll take the Tom Brady comparison yeah dude I don't know I mean uh, I don't know it was funny um yeah I can't even really remember if it was it all comes down to the final challenge right there was probably like eight people still around for that maybe four on each team I think that was
1: such such a good season too and I know that uh I think the final itself I think like I, I, I don't know if it was the rookie guys the veteran guys but they saw the course the day before or something like that and they had to change the final up to what we saw obviously which was basically like a glorified like eating thing like if you could just eat this and under this amount of time you win but apparently there was supposed to be a bigger final people are
0: saying and somehow like because someone saw it that was going to spoil the course or something that that wasn't your team was it no, I, I, I have no knowledge guys, of that. I think. Yeah, I think it was the veteran guys. But that's like, I do actually, I wish I could do these modern challenges because they get into that eco challenge level hardcore shit. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting to me. I like that. And that is actually something I did after college. I did a few of those races. You did you the know? eco challenge? I, did, I never did the eco challenge. I did this thing called the Mild Seven Outdoor Quest, which is a five day race in China. And then I did like a six day race in the British Virgin Islands. But the eco challenge. Funny enough, actually, the Eco Challenge was created by Mark Burnett or produced by Mark Burnett, and he ultimately did Survivor. But he cut his teeth producing Eco Challenges, uh, and now actually Amazon Prime did a new Eco Challenge, like modern day Eco Challenge, and it's on Amazon Prime now, which is pretty cool.
1: Yeah, Adam uh, Morrison, oh, Tim Beggy and uh, two Survivor people did the Eco Challenge in O2, I believe.
0: Wow, that's that, I think I heard that. That's they amazing. Fielded a, they feel that a reality team, and they did. yeah. That's yeah. amazing. That's so cool. Um, yeah, man. I Yeah, if there's any reality stars out there who want to do a gnarly race, call me up. I'll, I'll be a team member.
1: Right, I, I think you've got a couple of people you could contact. You don't think, uh, you, don't yeah. think you could contact like Mark or something or somebody, and they would uh, be on board for something like that?
0: Fuck yeah. The question is, who would I contact? I'd like to go do a race with Eric Nice. I wonder if he's up for it.
1: <laughs> oh, that guy keeps himself in great shape, so
0: yeah yeah the yeah. thing is is that yeah there are races like that there's some amazing races nowadays i mean tough mudders are kind of fun those aren't like long-term yeah,
1: they're races. Too, yeah. but they're yeah. like uh crawl through some mud do some monkey bars you know and then you have a couple beers go have a couple <laughs> beers <laughs> open
0: bar this way <laughs> yeah dude yeah some of these fucking the fact that they did that eco challenge those guys experienced some crazy shit that's some that is a hardcore race
1: my question is, were the challenges back in the days when you were doing them, were those seriously something that you had to train for or were people more so training for the aspect of looking aesthetic like on TV?
0: Yeah, I I would never in my mind was like I need to really train up for this. Um it was, it was, if I wasn't shaving, I'm not saying I was. I'm not saying I was at all. But uh, it was it was purely probably aesthetic, you know. Um, but there were like some random shit that like we had to push a Celica five miles through the desert, you know, on one of these challenges, Toyota, a Toyota Celica car, you know, so randomly, yeah, you would be using some cardio. What was your favorite, uh,
1: challenge that you did out of the three? Um,
0: probably this most extreme challenge, which was road rules, real world, uh, took place. in. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. that was a lot of fun. Did, uh, you know, Europe, we were in Europe. We were, you know, it was fun. The yeah, second fun. I, oh, no, go ahead. Oh, they were, were going to have us do this crazy thing where, I don't know if you know what a trebuchet is. Do you know a trebuchet? Or do you know what a, a catapult, like in oh, medieval times? Okay. So they had this device where you would hook up into it with like a harness on your chest, and it would literally like catapult you out into this gigantic net but like if you miss the net you would like probably and the guy was explaining to us was on these crutches and we were just we were joking we're like did you like do this thing and miss the net he's like oh yeah that's what happened you know and so we ended up not doing that but it was like it was supposed to be like live ski shooting where you're flying through the air and someone's shooting you with a paintball gun and that was that was something we didn't do but that was something the producers were willing really <laughs> for us to do.
1: The contrast is, different, you know, like there was paintball competitions as uh, challenges back then. Now this stuff, oh my God, they got people, um, the flagship, like like a, you guys are wrestling on a semi-truck while it's moving now and stuff. Like it's it's
0: nutty, dude. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, I got to watch this stuff, man. That's amazing. <laughs> I watched the all-star one, the, late, uh, the, uh, the first all-star one with, with Mark Long. That was a good one. Yeah, that was re- that was really well produced. You know, did you get good. called for any of the All Star shows? Uh, yeah, yeah, kind of got run around a couple times, and uh, so yeah, didn't happen. What was was your answer? Yes or no? Uh, I would have. I probably would have done it. Yeah, but like it was kind of like, are you available? Yes, and then they ultimately passed on me. So yeah.
1: yeah. Well, I mean, seeing as how you're going on Homecoming now, they might, uh, you know, maybe they want to capitalize, like, once your show's out and done, and say if, like, there's another season after you guys are done premiering, like, that might be a good segue, getting some New Orleans cast members onto the All-Star show. So you never know. Maybe the door is uh, still open. This time, I don't know. It might require a lot more training this time around,
0: but... Oh, yeah. yeah. Don't worry. I'll get (laughs) trained up. I'll be ready. I'll be ready. No. Yeah. For sure. All right. Well, uh, I'm
1: so glad that I was able to get you on here today. You know, hopefully uh, in the future when we got more to talk about, I'm sure um, we can yeah. maybe revisit this. But um, thank you for being uh, so generous with your time today. And I uh, had a fun time talking with you.
0: Thanks, Mike. You're the man. Congratulations on everything you've done with this podcast. Thanks, man. It's great. All right, brother. And uh, if if the show is worthy of watching six episodes, well, watch one episode. And if you you know like it, watch two episodes. But, uh, yeah, it'll air April 20th. All right,
1: man. All right, brother. Have a great night. Take care. Bye.